0: Whether you're here uh, in the community center in Hilton, or you're listening online, or you're at 11 o'clock and you're listening on villageradio.net, lots of ways that you can listen to LifeQuest Community Church messages, which is pretty cool. Um, We are starting a new series called Crazy Love, Overwhelmed by a Relentless God. And over the next, uh, leading up almost into the Christmas season, we are going to be uh, exploring uh, the idea of God's relentless love for us. And uh, there's a book uh, by Francis Chan titled Crazy Love, and there are copies of them on the guest table. If you've never had a chance to pick uh, that up and read it, uh, they're $10 just to kind of help cover the cost of the book. And uh, I would highly, highly recommend it. And it'll kind of be the framework for where we go for this fall season. And I, I think for us it's it's important because we are almost spiritual amnesiacs. We, uh, we forget. And, and so today I'm going to quickly, uh, in, the, in the few minutes that we've got left this morning, um, walk through some things that may be brand new to you. They may not be brand new. They may be stuff that you've heard over and over and over again, and, and you can just mentally check it off and say, yep, Pastor Rob, I've heard that before. Um, that's great. But what I want us all to do is to take these next few moments and allow God to speak to us in a new way. God is infinitely creative. And, and I think sometimes we can miss out because we get to church and it's like, oh yeah, we're in church. And this is what we do in church, and this is what it looks like, and this is what it sounds like. But I want us to take a moment to allow him to speak to us today in a new way. Um, I just want to introduce the message with a short video. I grew up going to church and
1: my idea of Christianity and following Jesus was, it was pretty simple. Just don't do the things that God hates. In other words, try not to cuss, try not to drink too much, don't have sex outside of marriage, go to church every Sunday. My, my view of God and following him was pretty narrow. And things began to change when I started reading the Bible for myself. And I'd read the way that God would describe himself. And I'd get these images of God where I'd go, no way, no one ever told me how huge he was. And once I got this high view of God, it changed everything in my life. It changed the way that I prayed to him. It changed the way I sang to him. It changed the way I lived everyday life. And I guess my hope in this book is that I'll help you gain this big view of God. Because a huge view of God changes everything. You start realizing, wait, that's the God who sent his son to die for me? That's insane. And when you realize, wait, he did that for me, shouldn't my response be just as crazy? And shouldn't I respond with this amazing, crazy love where I would do anything
0: So today, we are experiencing all kinds of wonderful technical uh, challenges, we'll call them challenges, opportunities, they say. Um, What if I were to say to you this morning, stop praying. What if I were to say to you uh, to stop talking at God for a while and to... Uh, Instead, take a long, hard look at him himself before you open your mouth to speak. Because I think for a lot of us, we are kind of, you you couldn't see Francis on the video, but that whole idea that we think about, what we think about God uh, and how we operate as Christians is we do our best not to do as many bad things as we can and to try to be as good as we can. And when we talk to God, we, we talk to Him uh, out of what is it that we want to get from Him. Not necessarily what is it that we want to bring to Him. So this morning, I want us, because I think sometimes when we think about who God is, we, we think of Him in this abstract concept. He's this thing that's out there. I, I, know, I, I remember as a kid, not wanting Jesus to come back while I was a kid because then I wouldn't get to get married and I wouldn't get to have kids. And so it was like, yeah, we believe that Jesus is coming back. I just hope he doesn't come back now because I want to live my life. And and we miss the fact that as much as... And, and as a teenager, it's it's a challenge anyway because as a teenager, you are the center of the universe and we all revolve around you. And, and I, I have two centers of the universe that live in my house now. And as we spin around them, it's it's amazing. But we, we don't lose that. We keep that sense of that, that life is about me. And, and this morning, I want to look at who God is because I think we can forget how amazing and vast and incredible he is and how worthy he is to be praised and worshipped. Um, you know Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes five one and two. He say, he warns us not to rush into God's presence with words. But that that because that's what fools do and often that's what we do when we come into our time with God we come into it. Listing off all the things that we need or we want, like God is a giant blue genie that comes out of a a golden lamp that we rub, and he sounds like Robin Williams. That's not God. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, talks about how creation cries out, it reveals who God is. Now, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, I know that we don't do that as Christians. But I'm really, really hoping, Jesus, please let this next video work.
1: What, what, what you're seeing right now. First of all, this is the earth. Okay? Just, just, you're taken off from the earth from Southern California. And we're going we're gonna to rise up for a little bit here. Okay? We're going to pull away from it. We're going to pull higher. Now, this is at about 10 kilometers. Like if you climb Mount Everest, this is what you'd see. You'd see the curvature of the earth. From that distance. Now you're going to, we're going to climb up even higher. This is at a hundred kilometers. And you're a fourth of the way to the space station now. This is what you'd see. If you get to this level, you're considered an astronaut. Just if you ever get there. Okay, now we're going a hundred thousand kilometers. A hundred thousand kilometers from Earth. You're a fourth of the way to the moon. That's what the Earth would look like. Now we're going to pull away to a million kilometers. At a million kilometers, there's the moon. OK, there's the moon. You can barely see the earth. You're at a million kilometers now. You're past the past the moon. And uh, now we're going to go to 100 million kilometers. 100 million kilometers. You're still not to the sun. The sun's 93 million miles away. But now we are going to go to 10 trillion kilometers. Ten, there's the sun. OK, you just passed the sun. Now you would see all of the planets at 10 trillion kilometers. And now... We're at 10 to the 15th power. That means 10 with 15 zeros. I don't know what that number is. 15 zeros. And the sun's just like a bright dot amidst other stars. And now we're going to 10 light years away. At 10 light years away. Come on, let's go. Zoom, there you go. 10 light years away. Now you just see the sun with like 11 other stars that are kind of its neighbors. You know, that that, that that's our sun. And now we're going to go a thousand light years away. At a thousand light years away, you you wouldn't even see our sun anymore. These are just a bunch of stars close to it in this cluster inside the Milky Way. Now we're going to zoom out even further. And that's the Milky Way we live in. See that cluster of stars? Those are about 100,000 stars that are closest to our sun. You can't see our sun anymore at this point. Now this is our Milky Way galaxy. and Forget about the Earth. Okay, there's our Milky Way galaxy that we live in. Um, And we're just buried in there somewhere. And we're going to pull out even further. And you'll see that our galaxy is actually it's it's a big galaxy. And uh, and all those other things you're seeing now are galaxies. And we're going to pull away 10 million light years now. His next scene is 10 million light years. Those are all galaxies you see. Amidst our Milky Way, several hundred galaxies. Now we're going to go 100 million light years away. This is the last one. We're going to zoom out to 100 million light years. Those are all clusters of galaxies. Galaxies and clusters of galaxies. You won't even see our Milky Way galaxy anymore amidst that. We don't have telescopes that go beyond that little sphere there.
0: That video when I watched that, does that leave you speechless at all, or humbled that um, when we think about our world and and uh, who we are in comparison to that, and, and you know we're we're still what's amazing about the um, the vastness of of space in that is um, the the Hubble telescope has allowed us to see that. We actually have literally a rocket scientist that attends our church that is working on the telescope that's going to replace the Hubble. Uh, Stephen Mount Pleasant um, is working on the, the next generation that will make the Hubble obsolete and we'll be able to see even farther. That's amazing to me that the God that spoke all of that into existence cares about me. He loves me. That I'm important enough to him that in, in all of that vastness, he cares about what happens in my life. Now, think about this. This little guy, this cute little caterpillar guy, caterpillars are amazing. We're going to go in a different direction. Do you know that, that this little guy has 228 unique, distinct muscles that just control his face? Isn't that amazing? I mean, that just blows my brain. That the God of vast, immense power, also on a tiny... And, and, and we could go even farther microscopically to show you some things that will just make your heads explode um, about, about how God designed this literally down to the subatomic level. It's incredible. Um, the average elm tree... you look out here, um, these these are oaks. But the average elm tree has six million leaves on it. And and those trees then defy gravity, sucking water up out of the ground all the way up to the tops of those trees. Um, This one is kind of cool. Tonight, The Walking Dead starts again. Um, and, And so did you know that your heart has the capacity to pump blood, that if you were to cut an artery, your heart could actually squirt blood 30 feet. I'm not saying that you try that. Um, but that is, I mean, that's some amazing capacity in, in that, that the God of the vastness of the universe and all the way down into the amazing, minute, incredible miracles that happen inside of us. He cares about us. Psalm 19. Verses 1 through 4, let me read that to you. It says The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make him known. When we think about who God is, A.W. Tozer is a, a really smart guy, uh, a theologian. He says this He says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the, the gravest question before the church is always God Himself as the most important fact of any man is not what he at any given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. I'm going to ask you a question. When you think about God, who do you think God is? When you have the, the, the concept, when you think about God, is, is God some distant uh, energy? Is God a, a, a literal uh, personality that that you can have uh, contact and communication with? Is God just some old guy who sits on a throne somewhere? Because what we think about God, how we perceive God, how, how our, our concept of Him, it will shape the way that we talk about Him. It will shape the way that we talk to Him. It will shape the way that we live our lives. If we think He's some distant God who's out there somewhere, we'll just go about our, bar- our merry lives and, and He won't have much impact on what we do or say or think. I want to look at Scripture about uh, some things that, that how God describes Himself and who God is for us. Because this is important for us to get a, an understanding. The first one is this, uh, that God is holy. When God reveals Himself to Moses in the Old Testament, Moses says, who, who should I tell the people is sending me? And God says to Moses, you tell them, I am has sent you. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. He is holy. He is completely different than us. I think sometimes we try to wrap God in a package that we're comfortable with, that He is completely not. God is completely holy. He is completely set apart. From us. That's the first thing. God's eternal. Uh, Psalm 102, verse 12 and uh, 27, it says, Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of the hand. Your, they will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. We think about the vastness of the universe that we saw. God was around before it. He literally spoke it and it and it came into existence. He is outside of time. He's eternal. He's all knowing. He knows everything that there is. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 talks about how everything will be laid bare before him, that there isn't anything that happens in your life or in my life that he doesn't already know about. That there isn't anything that we can say or anything that we can do that surprises him. He knows. He's all powerful. Psalm one fifteen, verse three, it says, "Our God is in heaven; He does whatever He pleases." I, I, I loved what my my pastor of the church that we were uh, when I was in college. He said, "God does whatever God jolly well pleases." He's God. We think that we can, and again, it goes back to who is God to us? Because if you have crafted in your mind a small, controllable God. That you can tell what to do and he'll give you what you want, then then um, you know you can be upset with God. You can be angry that there are injustices in the world. You know we look at the things that are going on and God, why are these terrible things happening? And why do you allow that to happen? And why are there children starving? And why are there you know all the terrible things that are going on? And and I believe God looks at us and asks the exact same question. Not because he is permitting them, but he's placed us here to do something about it. And he turns that question right around and says, "No, why?" And let me let me ask you the question: Why are there still children starving on my planet? What are we doing to make a difference? He's all powerful. There isn't anything that he can't do. He is just and fair. This one is difficult to wrap our heads around because I think sometimes we want God to, uh, you know, why why does He allow those bad things to happen? But He will in no way allow sin to go unpunished. Any of our sin. No matter how how nice of a person we are, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And His justice and His holiness demand that those things uh, are taken care of and dealt with. And He will do it. Now, this uh, this next uh, image that goes up on the slide um, is a kind of a representation. It's kind of hard to see on, on the big screen, and I apologize for the projector. Um, if you want to look at it, nice look at it on the TV in the back. Um, when when I was um, in the process of figuring out who I was, um, I had just Dropped out of school and was in a, a, a mission service, and the missionary was preaching on Isaiah six, and he was preaching about how when uh, in Isaiah chapter six he says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and and he describes these beings that were flying around the inside of the temple, and they had six wings." And with two wings they covered their face, and with two wings they flew, and with two wings they covered their feet, and they were crying out, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty." And so, uh, and and then again, not in Isaiah—that's Isaiah's story in Isaiah six—and then in Revelation chapter four, John gets sent into heaven and he sees the same thing: a guy separated by hundreds of years, and he's brought into the presence of God. And, and this isn't even you know this giant guy that you can see that's not even God that's just one of the seraphim that is flying around the throne room of God and if you read Revelation chapter 4 it, it is it is incredible and it is terrifying and and I think um, you know if I were John I, I don't know if I, I could have even survived it listen to what he, he's describing in Revelation chapter 4 he says then I looked and I saw a door standing open in heaven. The same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. Come up here and I will show you what will happen. And I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones. He's basically glowing white hot. You can't even look at him. He's so bright. The glow of of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. And 24 thrones... Surrounded him, and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. And from the thrones came flashes of lightning and rumbles of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches. In the center of the throne were four living beings. And again, uh, this, for me, as a science fiction total geek, I'm just like, wow, like what an amazing scene. Uh, you know, the, better than Doctor Who, better than Star Trek. Uh, In the center around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. And the first of these looked like a lion, and the second like an ox, and the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. And each of these beings had six wings. And, And day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. You know, sometimes we, we have this idea that, that Jesus is my homie. And, and you see the, the picture of Jesus, the, the plastic Jesus with the thumbs up. And, and he's the smiling, fun Jesus. And I'm not saying that Jesus isn't fun. I'm not saying that Jesus isn't, doesn't want to have a close relationship with us. But I think before we can, uh, before we can go any further in this series... I want us to really grab a hold of a high view of who God is. Because He is amazing. He is all-powerful. What I want us to do as, as we wrap up this morning is I want us to, to, maybe maybe you need to take a deep breath and think about that God that created the vastness of the universe and the intricate design of the caterpillar, the one who sits enthroned and is being eternally praised by beings that would blow your mind, that constantly all day long are crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then the 24 elders that are on the throne, they take their thrones off and they throw them at his feet and they say, worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain. I want to encourage you to do this week, maybe even this afternoon, get outside. It's a gorgeous day today. Get outside. Look at a tree. Look at a caterpillar. Look at the beauty of God's creation. Maybe you want to take your Bible with you and read Isaiah chapter 6 or Revelation chapter 4 and say, God, reveal Yourself to me. I think sometimes we, we want to fill that space when we think about communication with God and we want to fill it with words. We want to fill it with our ideas or what we need or what we want. And I think for us, before we can make any steps, we have to, we have to recognize, we have to kind of take a cure to that spiritual amnesia because we forget on a day-to-day basis who God is and how amazing He is to us. When you think about our worth in in the relationship of all the vastness of his creation that he sent his son to die for us, for you and for me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. You are holy. You are eternal. You are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. You are fair and just. God, I pray that You would help us to have a a high high view of who You are. We would not be uh, casual. Not to say that that You don't want to have an intimate relationship with You. God, that we would have a, a holy reverence and awe of who you are. Not just rules. Not just uh, trying to be good people. but God, that we would have a, a new encounter with you and experience you in a new way this week. You would change us. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. This week with supernatural strength to turn your eyes from foolish things. I pray that you would behold the beauty that God has planned for you as you obey His Word. Again, this closing blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. We hear that blessing and we're like, oh yes, God, I, I want those things. I want I want blessing and I want you to smile at me and I want you to give me grace and I want you to give me peace. But again, this blessing is really not about you. This is the Lord bless you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, He is the one that we need to come to and say, God, what do you you want me to do in response to who you are? Blessings. Have a great week.